When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? It's Rob. It's Monday night. You know what that means. It's week 10. We are going to review what happened this past week in the NFL. How does it affect your best ball teams? Maybe we'll hit on some of the playoff stuff that's going on. I don't know. Let's get wild. I got Trev with me. Let's do it. Trev, 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 the intro didn't want to play for me. We're sitting here. Everything's lagging. A lot of these NFL teams are lagging. Oh, man. My best ball teams are lagging. How's your it's, how's your best ball season going? You know, my two most drafted quarterbacks are Richardson and Daniel Jones. So, oh, yeah, I looked through a bunch of those teams today, just uh, <laughs> donating to the community, <laughs> I guess. And... <laughs> Oh, my best no. team includes a Baker double stack. So yeah, we're doing great. Yeah, that sounds about right this year. Yeah. Um, luckily, I won the elite quarterback argument this particular year, not because the elite quarterbacks are doing better, just because they're still playing football is all. That's the only way I'm winning this argument right now. So even when you're winning, it feels like you're losing is the point, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I had such a bad break with Lamar was the one elite quarterback. I'm like, oh, I love Lamar. They're putting up 35 points a week, and he's scoring one touchdown. Tyler Huntley's coming in, throwing touchdowns to Odell. I'm like, man, that's a that's a bad run out right there. Rashad Bateman hasn't scored this year. Zay Flowers is – so who the hell is scoring on this team? To your point, it's like the defense every week, or Gus Edwards, and now Keaton Mitchell. So it's just – in terms of best ball, it's silly. But if you get those Ravens stacks to week 17 against Miami, it feels like it could be a lot of fun. That's the one. But then there's the whole Miami against good defense narrative, you know, where that is true. they're not performing. And I'm thinking off the bye week, though, I'm really excited for – I think A-Chain's coming back soon. And they were just – when he was on the field, it was a whole different offense. They were unstoppable, and it could have just been the opponents. But I think he's just a whole nother gear. Yeah, I'm excited for A-Chan coming back as well. My concern is Wilson back. And not that I'm concerned that Wilson is better than A-Chan. I'm concerned that Mike McDaniel is going to do this three-headed monster approach. I'm just hoping A-Chan can't be denied. But we'll talk about Miami um, going forward. Or maybe we won't because they didn't play this week. Let's start. Let's start at the beginning of the week. Now, this is going to feel like it happened weeks and months and years ago you might have wanted it zapped from your brain but the nfl and all of its wisdom for week 10 kicked us off with panthers bears on thursday night is there anything particular you'd want to hit on in this game i mean we're, we're talking bad team and bad team and one of the bad teams with a backup quarterback so is there even much to mention i think you know crossing my fingers that adam Thielen renaissance might be over 
you know, we've seen over the past couple of weeks, he hasn't been putting up those like elite numbers he was doing on his like start of the season where it looked like Cooper Cup and we're just, I was just absolutely over it. But now, you know, it's slowing down a little bit. And I think for us and a lot of people that are in this space, we were not on Thielen at all just because it was like, why is this guy going? I forget, was he in like the 12th round? Somewhere between the 12th and 13th round, I think, in general. Yeah. If I remember just, off the top of my I, head. I did not understand the price at all. I'm like, he's falling off. He has a rookie quarterback, but it turned out just throw him in the slot and he put in some work. But I think it's kind of coming to an end. At least I'm hoping so. I'm not sure it's coming to an end. I still think he's going to be like the weapon for Bryce Young. It's just the, the offense is inefficient, right? I think we overreacted to Adam Thielen just a tiny bit. I understand betting against the age and the team change and everything for the for the player. But if we followed the money just a little bit, I'm not saying I would have drafted him at 8%. It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if we followed the money a little bit with the amount of money the Panthers paid him, they were going to try to get him involved at least this year. Was it going to pan out? Who knows? Like, well, now we know, but I'm talking about trying to go back to the summer. So maybe it would have been worth the only reason why I still wouldn't have drafted him because I wasn't in on the Panthers offense. Right. So like, it's that game. Like you're playing the game of here's why I don't want to draft him. All the reasons still line up for why we didn't want to, but maybe if we had that one lever that we were like, eh, but they're going to draft it. They're going to try to get him a little bit. Maybe it would have made sense to have him as a 4% guy, right. As opposed to a, a zero or 8% guy, maybe feeling as a 4% with the contract makes sense. I think the only other thing to hit on in this game is Chuber Hubbard is he's the back that you wanted all along in Carolina, which I think we were all on at, yeah. at that point because of the price and everything. But Miles Sanders, boy, what a disappointment. Yeah. Don't follow the money there. You know, he got that big contract, but that, I feel like that was pretty obvious. That offense, older running back, wasn't that efficient on the Eagles. It's just like. I also think that can be a positional take too, right? Follow the money with the receiver, not the running back. I have to dig a little bit more into that. Speaking of digging holes, um, the Patriots are dead. They played the Colts Sunday morning, which was a beautiful train wreck to watch from Germany at 930 in the morning as I created dead and a DFS lineup. So like all was just this really good circle of life moment. I have nothing to say about this Colts Patriots game. I think it's, I think Mac Jones is done as the quarterback in new England. You don't pull him on the last drive. If you're, if you're not going to keep him out of the next game. So I don't know what else to say. Ramondre seems to be back to being, worth something just because they have no receivers and they're looking for anyone to throw the ball to it ends up being Ramondre and ends up being Zeke any anything on the Colts or Patriots side of the thing here uh well I think Zach Moss is dead once again so yeah Jonathan Taylor good role again and I mean they were airing it out occasionally they really just lean into their game script when they're ahead they're just pounding the rock but we've seen Minshew drop back like 50 plus times in some games and Taylor gets some more receiving work. So I think if you are taking him when he was discounted, um, those could be some really interesting teams that you can make it to the playoffs. Yeah, the Taylor thing is going to be something we're going to have to talk about in the offseason because there was multiple layers to that story as to why I wasn't drafting him. And I still feel good about not drafting him based on the information that was provided. But 
was there something to read through with the information? He was hurt. Didn't seem like he was going to get traded. It felt like a holdout. But maybe we can just never plan for the holdout. And when the holdout does happen, we just, you know, count those teams dead going forward and just, you know, pray that they end up playing for somebody. That situation, I don't know if we're going to see that particular situation ever again, though. Like refusing to pay him into a multi-year big-ass contract. It's like that was yeah. – you couldn't really see that run out coming. So. We're, and, they're, and they're also uh, – uh, uh, they're also taking trade offers – but they're countering with the most ridiculous trade offers of all time. Like it was just a weird situation. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on. We've already talked about the Ravens a little bit, but they played the Cleveland Browns. Did you have any takeaways from the Brown side of the ball on this? Um, I I think Jerome Ford definitely one of the best picks earlier in the summer when he was just 18th round. He was one of my top guys. I think I had him around like 20% on underdog. Just yeah. And, you know, there was Kareem Hunt was getting some more work there. I think that was injury. So definitely like Jerome Ford and the offense looks decent. I mean, decent. it was kind of a weird game because they were terrible in the first quarter, kind of the first half. And then Watson got into it a little, not a good guy, but if he can just put that offense onto like a middling level and perform like Cooper's had some big games, Elijah Moore had a decent game and just do well enough. So the running game can perform. Then there's definitely some hope for those like, Watson teams where you're just looking for quarterbacks who are playing the damn game. Yeah, I I don't have much to say about the Browns. They're a middling team. They're playing the Jets week 17, which does not feel great for them. Oh. Uh, I think that's – I mean, everyone was talking about the weather thing. Oh, it's an El Nino year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's more about that Jets defense. There's not defenses we're supposed to be scared of. I'm scared of the Jets defense playing any offense that I need to do anything. We've got Al in the chat who right now is currently 30th in weekly winners. And he needs not, I was going to say just 31. 31 is a big <laughs> ask, but 31 points and Al takes down weekly winners. So I have no sweat in the game tonight, really. I will, I'll tell you what, I am playing against Stefan Diggs in my one managed league still, and he can beat me. I will root for Mr. Stefan Diggs so that Al gets paid, but I expect. A Patreon membership at Hometown Ghost Stories, if that happens, is all I'm that's all I'm gonna say. All right, so good luck to you tonight. Packers Steelers. Did you hear? Did you hear the news that Jalen Warren is the starting running back in Pittsburgh? And it doesn't matter because the usage is the same no matter what. They're still using him the same amount. He does look better, but Najee is still getting the carries that he was getting before. It's it's literally doesn't I mean it could be a sign right that things are going to change maybe a little bit but they're still going to use both of these guys in, yeah. in, in the backfield I, and I love Jalen Warren he's one of my highest drafted guys him Jerome Ford um, Devon Achan were all the running backs that I was hitting I want Jalen Warren to do better and he looks explosive when he's playing but I don't think we can read into this starter role thing do you no and Najee actually looks decent this year he doesn't look amazing but he looks better than last year for sure you know like it look like it's not saying much but it's i can see them like i'm surprised that warren got this much of a role with Najee being healthy to be completely honest so right. he's playing great and i think it's another one of those situations like the browns where just like if pickett's competent then there could be something there but i just i regret buying into pickett whatsoever this offseason not even that much but you know 
first round pick and then you think he had a nice little stretch at the end of the year i want to say and it's just like it's not a good team to watch it's just a slog every single game and yeah i i can't remember exactly who it was it might have been daigle who pointed out that pickett has only had multiple thrown touchdowns in one game it's that's not great and i think that's why both of the running backs are quite viable and as turn in terms of green bay there's nothing to say there man green bay is is a dust ball we were worried about this in the offseason my expectations for like the ceiling of green bay was to be just a good offense not an above average or just like i was looking like maybe they can be the 16th or 17th best offense in the league that was like their cap for me but they're hitting that floor which is they're just they're, they yeah. suck they suck I, I thought i thought it would be like one receiver gets there i know a lot of my jordan love teams it would be i'm either taking dobbs or watson and then that was yeah. it i wasn't super stacking him and it just like no one's getting there. Aaron Jones had the one game in week one. AJ Dillon hasn't done anything. Christian Watson. Yeah. yeah. We yeah, can go to the next Watson. game. <laughs> well, the next game's an interesting one to talk about because I think there's things to read into and not read into in this game. It was 49ers at the Jaguars. Jaguars only put up three points in this one. 49ers put up 34. They route them. I think we should have kind of seen this coming 49ers were on a three game losing streak they get the buy to kind of regroup and i think that was just a bad recipe for jacksonville all around i didn't think they were going to route them like this the jaguars offense hasn't really been doing what we wanted to do we've seen flashes of it but they have not put together an entire game the question is are they going to be able to put together an entire game soon i think they'll be able to but the one victory lap that a lot of people were having after week one was Calvin Ridley. And we and I think we were guilty of it here as well, where we're like, yeah, we should have been higher on Calvin Ridley. It looks like he's going to be just an absolute alpha in this Jacksonville offense. Turns out that's not the case. He's kind of the forgotten guy. And I thought yesterday was the game for him to do something. 49ers defense is amazing. You know how you beat the 49ers defense? Outside. So it felt like Calvin Ridley was going to be like primed to have some sort of explosion game. Instead, they get clamped down. Calvin Ridley does about nothing. Nobody on the Jaguar side does nothing. ETN does nothing. 49ers roll and everyone on the 49ers gets there. Like for the most part, McCaffrey didn't score his touchdown, but he still put up decent numbers. Debo, Kittle, Ayuk all score. 49ers we might've undervalued them and they were still high picks throughout this uh, best ball season. Yeah, I was, I was definitely guilty of uh, fading the Niners a little too much and being in on Lawrence, who is just, he is not good this year. Like that's a, one of the worst picks that's still healthy. I want to say, you know, he's not throwing for a lot of yards, not really inefficient. I know a couple of weeks ago, like his receivers led the league in drops, which is just, okay, unlucky. You can't do much about that. But it's just not a good offense. Evan Ingram's like one of the better tight ends. He hasn't scored a touchdown this year. It just like yeah. it, it's not that pretty. And you know, he was just I don't know if their line's really that bad, or I think it's the Niners D line that's just absolutely dominant now with Chase Young. It's just just an insane defensive line they have there in San Francisco. It it looked like the Urban Meyer Jags. Like it was not 
like they need a they need a bounce back game to bring some hope and like I think the Texans might push them out of a playoff spot. Like it's possible because they're one of the hottest teams. We'll get to that eventually. And I'm trying yeah. to think of like the last time that Lawrence had one of those games where we're just like, yeah, number one pick. Like, look at that guy go. It just kind of been like a couple flashes. And other than that, like it's middling. Yeah. And Lawrence is going to be a big talking point for next best ball year when we start talking about quarterbacks because we have the elite quarterbacks which you can cut it off where you want to. You can cut it off at Lamar, or you could even bounce it back a little bit and cut it off at after Joe Burrow and Justin Fields. And then there was like the the island quarterback, which was Trevor Lawrence, who was sort of in between those guys and the next round of people that, that were getting drafted at the position. And I think he's going – he was the dividing – he wasn't even the dividing line. He was in the middle of the dividing line. And it turns out that was a mistake, probably drafting him as high as we were. Probably the same case with Joe Burrow, who's actually coming on. But that is a conversation for a couple weeks from now, probably. Saints, although let's say this real quick, because that's an interesting point you bring up about the Texans Jaguars. So I think it is going to allow you in playoff best ball contests to draft the Texans relatively cheap. Because I think the public consensus is still going to be the Jags in their brain. ADP is probably still going to be mostly Jags in everyone's brain. So if you're drafting playoff best ball teams right now, the Texans are probably a team that you can get next to nothing. to. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, right? But these can be complementary pieces to get the teams that you're stacking around up to the Super Bowl as they play one or two games, right? Yeah, and I think if you're taking, like, if you're going heavy on the Eagles or something where you need a quarterback for the bye week and some yeah. receivers, yeah. it's like rounds 8, 9, 10, grab Stroud, two receivers, and you don't even need to worry about the running game because Singletary had 150 yards. I don't know how that happened, but Damian Pierce hasn't done much. Like, you can just say, okay, I'm grabbing Stroud, grabbing a couple receivers. They're mm-hmm. going to get me through one week because they're going to be airing it out if they're losing – and if they're winning, it's not through their running game. So it's it's pretty nice, and it's going to be cheap as hell. Yeah, I think they are going to be a great complementary team for the for the teams that you consider the one seeds. Eagles, probably for sure, and most likely eh, Chiefs, maybe. We're still – I think you can still get away with doing single quarterback on all the AFC teams for the moment. But if you want to play, like, protection game, maybe you can put them – as the other one. Let's talk about Saints Vikings. Josh Dobbs, MVP of the NFL for the next 15 to 20 years. It seems as though this dude just he just goes out there. He's exciting. He's winning games for the Vikings. I think this gets Justin Jefferson back on the field. They're actually viable for a playoff spot somehow after their start. Uh they're they're just a fun, fun team. They don't have running backs, those keep getting hurt. But between Addison Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson when he comes back. Vikings are another fun team that might be like another one-off team for these playoff basketball structures if they can get in. Yeah, and their defense is still pretty odd. They're just pass funnel defense. Just Mm -hmm. it's great. And if Dobbs can just keep being decent, we're good. I mean, because those weapons are they can get it done, especially if Jefferson comes back. I know there was some rumors she was gonna come back last week. I feel like after that win, you know, they he wants to be on the field. Yeah. 
they could make a little playoff run, you know. No one's going to – none of the players and the coaches, they're not going to tank, even if, you know, maybe owners want to and they're like, yeah, we're done with Kirk. Let's get a new quarterback. But they're they're going to try and win. So I think that's huge. And I have a lot of Jordan Addison. I have like 30% on both sides. Yeah. I was – when Kirk went down, it was like losing a family member. I was distraught. <laughs> and I saw Jaron Hall, whoever that – I saw him come in. It was a dark day. Then we got Dobbs and I feel alive Dob- again. Dobbs saved the day. On the other side, we have the Saints who lost this game to the Vikings. They also lost Derek Carr for you know a majority of the game. Jameis comes in. He unlocks Olave for the most part. We see the fun Saints with Jameis Winston. I would love to see another week of Jameis Winston with this offense. Problem is the Saints are on by next week. So if Carr's injury, and I didn't see any update really today, if his injury isn't that, you know, bad, then we're going to see. I, I just think this team is going to put Carr right back under center as soon as he's healthy. It's it, the, the offense is just, I love Chris Olave. He's still a monster, but they enter the red zone. Taysom Hill comes in. They've got Kamara. It's just like, it's so split up and like, you can't really bank on anyone. Like, right. I, I don't know. Like, cause if Taysom comes in, they're running the ball and that's it. Like Taysom's the one guy you wanted on this team. Maybe Kamara, he was had a great role to start and then disappeared a little bit. He has the goal line role, which I certainly didn't think, especially when they went out and yeah. Jamal Williams. Right. But Hey, you know, maybe he keeps going. They're well, not I think- fun. I think Kamara was still a relatively decent best ball pick and the aspect that even when we found out it was a three-game suspension, he didn't really move up that much. So you were still getting this discount on a guy that was only going to be up three games. They're still using him. He's still having some really big games, especially through the air. He's been crushing on like DraftKings scoring, right? He's still been fine on underdog, but specifically DraftKings where he was getting 10 to 12 catches. That eighth round, seventh round price tag, he's kind of like paying that off no matter what. We're not talking about first or second round Kamara. We're talking about seventh, eighth, ninth round Kamara. And I think for this particular year, it was fine. Uh, Let's talk Abel. We talked about the Texans already, but they played the Bengals this week. And Tyler Boyd, buddy, what are we doing? What are we doing, Tyler Boyd? How are we dropping that pass? I, I thought the Bengals really, really needed this game. They are actually at the bottom of their division right now. That division is going to be a dogfight. There's a chance that three of those teams get into the postseason. I think there's a really good chance that three of them get into the postseason. But the odd man out might be the Cincinnati Bengals if they do not get it together. They seem to be better offensively. Their defense should be fine. What are we doing in Cincinnati, are you going to be drafting Cincinnati Bengals in your playoff basketball contest? Yeah, I mean, we've seen them just go on runs, and I think it's really condensed this year. It's Jamar, he's that guy. T. Higgins hasn't really been healthy, but even when he's out there, it's not that much. He's only really gone off, was it was week one, he had a couple touchdowns that saved his day, and then Jamar went out. He was the number one target. He did well. Yeah. So I think 
Burrow, Jamar, Skinnies, those are really interesting. We'll have to see the prices on everyone else. But people get locked into that preseason ADP. So T. Higgins, I don't think he's going to be falling to like later in the drafts. He's going to still be going in those third, fourth round range, I think. Yeah. I don't exactly remember his ADP on those way too early uh, drafts. But I, I think they're good for skinny stacks. I think because they're not making a run without Jamar Chase going off and Joe Burrow going off. Right. All right. Let's talk about the Bucks, Titans. Will Levis comes crashing back down to earth. They only put up six points. Titans are the Titans, man. That's all I can say is that offense is not great. Secondary for the Titans isn't great. I just – I don't know what the Titans were – the Titans were the most baffling team in the offseason where we all knew what they were, but they were pretending they were something else with the way they were building their roster by getting DeAndre Hopkins, by still starting Ryan Tannehill, not trading or releasing him for something. And it's all showing now, like other than the, the Will Levis four touchdown game. We just don't want any Titans at this moment. On the other side, though, the Buccaneers are not what we thought they were for this season. They have been a much better team. Baker Mayfield actually looks like a relatively competent quarterback. And the receivers, specifically Mike Evans, is having a monster year, contract year for Mike Evans as well. I came around a little bit in best ball on Mike Evans at his ADP in the offseason just based on who was getting drafted around him and the type of quarterback that Baker Mayfield is. Are you going to be drafting? bucks for these playoff best ball teams do you think they could be the one-offs i don't think i'm going to be doing much bucks on these playoff teams it's just i've seen baker crumble too many times Mm -hmm. i don't think it's i think there are worse picks but i think the saints win that division and they're sitting in that seventh seed if they make it i don't know who that's putting them against but niners eagles something like that I, I can't see them having too much production. Well, you say that the Saints are going to win that division, and I'm not 100% certain on that. I know that they're 5-5 five and five right now. They're going on the bye. The Bucks win next week, which I don't know who they're playing off the top of my head. They'll be tied with them at 5-5. Five and five. I think that they could dogfight over who wins. And if I'm playing Evans or Baker for a skinny, it would be – because I think they're going to win a division and host a playoff game. Again, not a team I think is going far, but I, I think you could one-off Mike Evans or Rashad White, depending on who you're drafting. Definitely not the worst. I have a question that's not playoff-related, but rest sure. of the season, you've got a roster. You want Trevor Lawrence or Baker Mayfield as that quarterback. Oh, that's tough. And you have to choose one. You can't, and you're not allowed. No, you can't say Jalen Hurts. No, no, I'm I'm saying you can't you can't ping pong them based on matchup is the other way. Oh no, I just meant like yeah, I I think I'd want Baker. It it sucks. It's tough to say. It hurts, but Baker's just having a better year overall. To be honest, Uh, we have next the game that I think is actually still scoring points: the Lions Chargers game, which we thought was going to be a shootout, but boy, did it shoot out! Lions were dominating early snuck away with the win uh, towards the end with the Chargers came roaring back. Chargers, that offense is overly concentrated. Like, we know Eckler's getting the ball. We know Keenan's getting the ball. Uh, 
when we talk about playoff matchups, though, the Chargers probably ain't making the playoffs with their record right now. It's it's tough. They're just they might actually be cursed. That might be the next time ghost stories. We're doing the Chargers. We do curse possessions. We're gonna do (laughs) we're gonna do a curse possession of the of the Los Angeles Chargers, right? They're four and five right now. They're actually behind the Raiders at five and five. So they still get a buy to kind of get things together. The AFC is just so hard that being four and five right now is close to a death sentence. The Steelers, the Browns are both six and three. The Bengals are five and four. That AFC South, Jags are six and three. Texans are five and four. Colts are five and five. Like, in that division, being four and five, I just can't imagine the Chargers are actually going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, and since Mike Williams went down, I mean, the offense has just been kind of boring. Their game against the Lions, that was great. But before that, it was just – it was awful to watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw them – they struggled against the Jets. I don't remember their other opponents before that, but it's like they were not putting up these massive points. Keenan Allen was not doing – his thing really even without mike williams quentin johnson is something not great but (laughs) you know you think he's on on the field i guess (laughs) still playing but yeah you think he had a great like that was the game where it was kind of like all right bud if you're gonna do anything let's do it right now didn't really happen so i think unless you've got keenan or eckler it's just you don't you don't want to touch that team and at playoffs it's concentrated, like you said. So it's another one of those end of the draft. Not the worst picks. They're going to have to win two games in a row before I start picking them. Right? Because four and five, just I just can't imagine they're going to get it. And I'd rather I'd rather take Bucks right now over Chargers for playoff best ball contest just based on probability of them being in the playoffs. And we've built a tool over at Spike Week that you can look at for playoff probability numbers as well so go to spikeweek.com to check that stuff out let's talk about the other side of the ball the lions uh the running backs just like we all drew it up right jamar gibbs getting all the goal line touches david montgomery breaking 75 yard long touchdowns and amon ross st brown is just actually the sun god it has been confirmed that he is the sun god and that he will do sun god things every single sunday and crush your football team so any thoughts on the Lions? Uh, you kind of nailed it. That's it. I mean, <laughs> they're just – they're fun to watch. They're doing good. Jared Goff on the road, is he fixed or is he just back home now in L.A. for that mm-hmm. game? I don't know. Jamison Williams, bad pick. Just him and Quentin Johnston can go have fun running their sprints, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't – We'll you know, see if Jamison actually – continues to stay on the field once dpj gets caught up to speed and starts getting active on game days and we'll see how that plays out i think going forward rest of season gibbs and montgomery could be top 12 backs like yeah that offense is it's elite they want to run the ball when they get ahead apparently montgomery can break 75 yard runs now so i think you could even i think it's the one team that if you're making a bet on the Lions to make the Super Bowl for a playoff build, it's like the one team that you could take both backs where you could do a Gibbs and David Montgomery and kind of hope that they ping pong weeks on their march to the Super Bowl 
right? And, and be comfortable enough with it. If those were the two backs you wanted to go with, I have to think about it a little more. It's not something I'd want to do with every lion stack, but I think it is a viable stack to do it's, with them. It's definitely viable, yeah. And it's one of those things where they should probably both be going higher, but because they're, you know, switching off, they both have really good roles. It kind of lowers them both in ADP because people are scared of either side. Hmm. All right, so two teams we don't really have to talk about for playoff builds. Falcons went over to Arizona and got beat by the Cardinals in the return in Kyler Murray. Uh, are you at least excited for your Cardinals players? So I have a take on Kyler Murray, but I'll let you get your Cardinals takes off first. If I have like. a take on Kyler Murray too. and Go it for was it. Just, I think he might just be a league winner. One, he looked good. And two, everyone else got injured in that range going before him too. Yeah. If you have Kyler Murray teams that aren't in 12th right now, they're they're looking good. Yeah, I just wonder what the Kyler Murray builds were for people. Because I wasn't drafting Kyler Murray, so I didn't think about it much. My thought process would be the way to play Kyler Murray would have been to do him with one of the elite quarterbacks where you're trying to get to week 10. You're just that second quarterback spot as Kyler Murray. I would have had a little bit more trouble pulling the trigger on three late QBs with Kyler, trying to hold him above water with some of the late QBs with a Desmond Ritter, you know, a Jordan Love, Kyler Murray team. And obviously I picked out really bad names right there. The one that you could have done with our Brock Purdy and Sam Howell, that would have balanced him up and took and helped get your team through. My Kyler Murray take is unless it's a catastrophic ACL injury going forward, much to the Javante Williams one, I'm going to have no hesitation drafting ACL injuries anymore. I just don't know how you can. Did you see how he was running around on the field yesterday? Yeah, it was. He looked just back to form. And like, that's like going forward, maybe top 12. And it just, you got him late. Like there are so many injuries. Like, I think that's been the defining thing this season. I started talking about it at the beginning with Richardson and Daniel Jones being like my two guys. I took a bunch of Kirk Cousins, like all yeah. those middle guys. And then by the end of the year, Murray, you could get him in the 16th, 17th round occasionally. Like, yeah, he was just such a good value when you look at, and obviously we don't know those injuries are going to happen. Quarterbacks, you don't really think of injuries too often, I want to say. And but I, I think he's just going to be killer going forward. And then Trey McBride wasn't even being drafted in every single draft. I've got oh, a bunch he of was, He was getting drafted in my drafts, buddy. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, saw, I, I saw that stat today that he was only going in about, I think Herzig had it, if I remember correctly, somewhere around 66% of drafts is how many. So 34% of drafts weren't even taking Trey McBride. I have them. I double-checked. On just best ball mania alone, I have them at 18 or 19 percent on my teams because I was just big into late tight end to begin with, was kind of my my main build for those. But it, just to go back to the Kyler point I was making real quick, it's I wasn't drafting him because I thought we were only gonna get a finite amount of weeks from him, which we are. We he didn't start playing till week 10, and I just didn't think we were gonna get any other rushing upside from him. And I was just completely wrong. Like you could, you saw it right out the gate and they had a designed run for him to score a touchdown as well. So it's, it was, I think this was just my, my overall point is I think this is the last year of being like, let's ease off on ACL injury guys. 
science has just evolved enough that these guys are coming back and looking like freaks of nature. And I think it's just going to be second nature now rather than, you know, an outlier. Yeah. I mean, you were saying that you would do it with the elite quarterback if you were drafting him. A lot of my teams are those three late round quarterbacks where I'm just looking for upside at the end. Yeah. And, you know, it was, I didn't think he was going to be running either. I thought it was the Cardinals were so bad. They're going to be airing it out and he'll just have some of those big games throwing Trey McBride. I like the price on Marquise Brown. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting him on those three quarterback builds, but yeah, I'm real happy about that right now. Yeah, that's working out. Falcon side, they finally play Bijan a bit. And you see why he should be the one being played. You know, no knock on Tyler Algier. He's a fine NFL running back, but he's not a prodigy NFL running back. Arthur Smith has to get fired by the end of the year. I think at this point, he is bungling this roster of talent that they have. And it's just absolutely insane. So we have Ben Harvard in the, sorry, Ben Habard in the chat. I want to throw an R on there so bad to to make it harvard but he was doing a lot of kyler with three qbs where he was grabbing like howell kyler and then mixing in that mid-tier range of like anthony richardson gino danny dimes deshaun watson so if you were able to keep those teams afloat and up and above you're really happy with the kyler murray stuff it was just not on my radar i thought it was a fine fade at the time could come back to bite me we'll see we'll see what it would have done to my my particular strategy as well, which would have been with the elite quarterback. I wouldn't have ever stopped doing what I was doing build wise, just to make sure I was getting more Kyler Murray. If that makes sense. I'm trying not to be fully revisionist. Um, I don't know what I want to say about this next game. Cowboys giants giants are what the giants are just relatively the worst team in the league. You know, I know the Patriots have something to say about that, but God, the Giants are bad. What I'll say about this, because I don't want to do this Tony Pollard thing. I, I'm actually kind of sick of it. I don't know about you. We've It's the discord that we're seeing all over Twitter today. Everyone's talking about Tony Pollard. We get it. Like He's just not doing what we thought he was going to do. Don't know how much more we can add to that. What I will say from a best ball perspective for the Cowboys, and if you want to talk about Tony Pollard, Trev, like grab the wheel afterwards and just you know speed down you. the highway. But what I will say is we are finally seeing a C.D. Lamb that is worthy of where he gets drafted year after year. He's finally getting to to be worth the price tag. And that's why I grabbed C.D. Lamb this year. I wasn't overweight on him. I wasn't going out of my way to draft C.D. Lamb. We talked about this in the offseason. He was a guy that was never getting pushed up. He was never getting pushed down. He stayed right at that like three-pick range that he was going at all season, right at the end of the first round, beginning of second round. If he continues to play the way he's playing, which we all thought he was capable of. Nobody didn't think he, he was capable of it. The Cowboys are just finally unlocking him the way that they should. You know, is that an indicative of Kellen Moore? Is that the, you know, we make fun of Mike McCarthy. Is Mike McCarthy just learning his roster and actually smarter than Kellen Moore, I know that's like blasphemy for people to hear, but almost feels like he he knows his team better than Kellen Moore knew this team. He's adapting to what he has. The adapting was to get CeeDee Lamb more run. If it continues, then CeeDee Lamb's going to be the guy who wins everything for everybody this year. Yeah, I mean, post-buy, Dak's just 
chucking it. Doesn't matter that they're leading. He's just throwing and he's just throwing it to CD, throwing it to Ferguson, and that's about it. My only point on Pollard was, you know, he broke his leg in like what December. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we don't, I, I don't think like broken legs get talked about much. Maybe that has something to do with it, but that's all I really got, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I do think that's something that we were overlooking in the off season. Like, I, and I think I brought it up once or twice and everyone was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And I'm just like, all right, well then if it doesn't matter, then I'm just going to draft the fuck out of Tony Pollard. And, uh, that's not going great. Look, I'm playing Tony Pollard next week in DFS. He's playing oh, yeah. the Carolina Panthers. So like it is what it is. We'll see what he does next week. Let's talk about a more fun game. Let's go Seahawks commanders Seahawks. Thankfully for me, sneak out a victory here. I'm still in a couple of survivor leagues where I had the Seahawks live and I knew everyone was taking the Cowboys who had them available getting through yesterday with some Seahawks wins on the survivor teams and leaving the Cowboys for next week when they play Carolina feels like a massive win for me on a personal level. I know that's what everyone came here for is to hear my survivor talks. So you get that, but the games overall was pretty fun. I think Seattle, we know kind of what they are. I don't think Gino's what we thought he was going to be. He's, just below that level, which was kind of where I was leaning all year based on how he finished out last season, but he can still get the job done is the point. No, that sounds like a lot of double talk, but he can get the job done. The other side of the ball, Sam Howell might be one of the best calls from everybody at spike week. I think we were all kind of pounding the table yeah. for Sam Howell this year. And he's just absolutely crushing the sacks are down after these last three games. The only way he's not crushing is we don't know who the hell he's going to throw it to. Yeah, that's it's so spread out. I mean, I was drafting Logan Thomas, so I'm happy about that. But it's like Gibson is like splitting with Brian Robinson now. They're pretty 50-50. Brian Tom Robinson Dal- over 100 receiving yards yesterday. We were told he wasn't allowed to catch the football. I'm just saying. we were. That's what we were told. It's insane. And then Jahan Dotson just – Pops up once every other week for yeah. like, oh, got 80 yards of a score. And then it's like, yeah, I'm going to do nothing now. Yeah. Complete so, zero yesterday. You can't figure that out. But hey, at least Howell's doing it. And that's what matters at the end of the day. I'm a just, I'm a Seahawks fan. So I actually watched this game pretty close. And it's like, Gino's just not doing that well. They do have some like, oh, they're playing Jason Peters. Right. At right tackle. I think I think old, 62. I don't know, something <laughs> like that. It doesn't matter. There's a there's a chance that like you know we get some regression to the mean with like DK Metcalf just isn't scoring touchdowns. And it's like, buddy, he's 6'3, 240. Let's just feed him the ball in the end zone. I think that could come around a little bit. I liked him in that like where he was going in drafts, but that's not paying off too well. I think they're just kind of going to be one of those teams where occasionally they're not going to show up. And then when they do, it's going to be pretty condensed. But now that JSN's in there, eh, I don't know. They don't use the tight ends as much anymore. Right. But you got Ken Walker, you got Metcalf. I think any of them can go off for like 25, 30 point game, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I talked about, I like them in those playoff drafts because of that. They're going to be cheap. And if you just grab the right guy, you know, we saw DK last year, they got blown out by the Niners, but he went for like 120 and two. And it was like, yeah. if you're drafting Eagles and Chiefs with him, yeah, he's carrying that throw. first round. Yeah. So yeah. that's all I got in that game. Yeah. So I'll, I'll transition from this game into the next one. Uh, 
with a mistake that the Washington <laughs> Commanders made that plays along with this next game. Commanders should have absolutely traded their backup quarterback to the Jets. Like the Jets, they need they need a quarterback, right? Like it's I, I sort of feel bad for Zach Wilson, but I feel bad for us too because we had to watch the Jets Raiders for Sunday night football. We started with that primetime game of Carolina, Chicago. I'm not going to say much about this Jets Raiders game. We know what it is. We know who these teams are. We know what they want to do. Garrett Wilson's going to get a ton of targets. Brees Hall's the best back on the on the field generally when he's playing. The Raiders, they're going to try to force feed it to Devontae Adams for now. Josh Jacobs looks like shit. Like to be honest, he had like one good game this whole year. They just they both suck. The Raiders somehow have like a 5 and 5 record. I think they're going to come crashing down over the next few weeks. They're going to they're going to be done with that high. Do you have anything you want to say about this game? Your Devontae Adams fade looks amazing. And then I don't I wish the Jets traded for Jameis Winston and we could have oh, Garrett that Wilson. That would have been even better. Garrett Wilson right? would get 25 targets a game. Six of them would be catchable and he'd go for 220 and one. Like yeah. it would be a it'd be a great world. But nope, here we are with Zach Wilson. Yeah. What, that, what are these teams doing not trading their backup quarterbacks? when they could get something for them saints the commanders specifically and that leads us to tonight we've got al in the chat who needs stefan Diggs to go off in this broncos game i need marvin mims to score like 25 in order to get my eliminator team through so there's that's what i'm rooting for tonight i know the chances are are small but he could do it on two catches that's just who marvin mims is so anything you want to hit on with this bills broncos game before we get out of here I'm really hoping we get the Marvin Mims running like 60% of the routes at least. It doesn't seem like it's going to happen, but I mean, he was so hot to start the year and they just didn't really ramp him up that much. I don't know. Javante's done a little better in his past few games. Maybe he'll come on a little more towards the end of the year, but it's another one of those. The whole offense is just so middling. They are so spread out as well, even more than the commander. Some of their earlier games, there was like nine or 10 guys catching passes. They had three yeah. running backs, four tight ends. And it was just like, God, I really like Judy. That was just an awful call. I don't know why I just keep watching him. I just remember him being good in college. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Judy. Great. We, but, we all do it. I was a little higher on Sutton than everybody on this one, which feels good at the moment. But I think that this can change on a dime. I think that trying to see what they have going forward, they're coming out of the bye too, so we could see, we could see some like big changes in what they're trying to do offensively, or we might not. Champagne might just not do nothing. Like that might be who he is. Yeah, I think the the last three weeks of last season where Jerry Judy and Cam Akers just went off, just really screwed me over for the summer because I was like, oh yeah, this is <laughs> this is it, and nope, but nope. Uh, all right, so we're gonna get out of here so everyone can watch Monday Night Football. Bills and Broncos, something at least watchable versus the other Island games they've given us this. Do you have any closing thoughts, whether it be on season long or playoff best ball coming up? Uh, No, just keeping out more playoff content coming up. And that's about it. Good luck. Let's hope Stefan Diggs can score 32. Let's do it. Let's get Al all that money so that he can become a patron to my show so that I'm not poor and I can feed my kids that I don't have. All right, that's going to do it for myself. For Trev, we will catch you next time. Peace.
Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? You turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Spike Week.